Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. Join us on our journey into the past, the present, and the future as we explore the relationship between technology and humanity. Together, we are going to find out what it means to live in a society where everything is connected and the only constant is change. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Welcome back, everyone, to SOC Analyst Appreciation Day. Hopefully, everyone's nice and relaxed now. Yep. Focus on mental health. We used to, we used to a lot of those breathing exercises. Interesting, when I, I got injured in uh, martial arts, and the only class that I could take, it's funny how I kind of got forced into it, uh, was a class we called Qigong. It was all breathing and meditation yeah. uh, exercises, and I came to really appreciate it because I couldn't do anything else because my ankle was busted. <laughs> so I started there, and then I went to Tai Chi because then I was mobile enough to do that and then i worked my way back into you know the martial arts classes so well i find it interesting breathing meditation i mean one of the reasons we incorporate a lot of that is there's a lot of talk um in the security community and such about you know how do you maintain mental health and i think it's uh and it's i'm always so interested i bought an apple watch for the first time this year Mm -hmm. and uh you know it tries to promote you to breathe and stuff so it's interesting to see what's been you know Meditation, the notion of breathing coming more and more mainstream. So it's kind of interesting. But um, yeah. also throughout uh, today, we've talked about um, that there hasn't been a kind of SOC analyst appreciation kind of award highlighting the folks that work in the SOC. We talked about ladders and how you get into the field. We talked about, uh, you know, career advancement, some of the things that we look for when we hire. Now I think it's nice that we're going to transition into a day in the life of the SOC analyst. Absolutely. It's one of the topics I hear people most yearning for of how can I hear what other people are living day in and day out in mm-hmm. the SOC? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was glad this is uh, incorporated because I think really kind of getting a firsthand look at what it's like to be a SOC analyst with actual SOC analysts, not just ones that maybe play them on TV like myself sometimes. Because <laughs> I mean, I you know I dabble and I do years ago. Sock really, I was years you're ago. You're like my grandparent job. when I was a yeah, kid. I you know what we did? Sock. Yeah. <laughs> you know now I dabble, but it, it's not like there's no one breathing down my neck to do it. Yes. I do it so I get experience, so I can talk about it on the show. But you know these folks do it day in and, and day out. You're a leisure, a leisure, yes, a casual, casual, a casual sock analyst. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Sean Martin and Mark. Marco Chiapelli of ITSP Magazine will be joined by a panel of three actual SOC analysts, yes. not just ones that play one on TV. <laughs> so let's cut to that now. Right on. Here we are. And uh, I'm, I'm very relaxed after that yoga session, Marco. <laughs> I know. I'm just the life in the SOC, very relaxed. <laughs> just like that. Like that. And uh, I think we're going to have to pull out some Rage Against the Machine or some ACDC to get this one going again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Whatever but your we, flavor of choice is. Before we do that, maybe, Sean, we need to check if they are really who they say they are and they're just playing someone on TV, like, uh, you know, our friends just said. Uh, so we're going to do a round of introduction with them. But before we do that, Sean, a little introduction for why we're here and what we're going to talk about today, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to be part of this with you, Marco. ITSB Magazine. Uh, I, I I know I can speak for us as a whole. Cherish our connection with the community, SOC analysts and practitioners uh, around the world, and 
this is an important day. Um, unlike myself, where I'm underworked and overappreciated, uh, many are quite the opposite, uh, just trying to stay stay above water and uh, and get things done and bring home a paycheck. And and it's t- it's a tough job. It's a tough job. It is. And we, we did three podcasts to introduce introduce this event. And we kind of look at the importance of the mental health. Then we talk about the importance of technology innovation and how that affect the life into the sock. Like it's a lot of blinking lights, but are they really helping the mental health of the people that work in there and their performance? And when we talk about performance, it's not just about clicking. <laughs> it's about right. feeling good about what they do. And that's why the third podcast that we did was about the business. Is the business appreciating? Is the business incorporating the value that security brings to the table? So with that in mind, today we're going to dig a lot deeper with, again, people that do work in the SOC and they work with the SOC in this case too. So I say we get a starter, man. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, I'm thrilled to introduce and I'm going to let them say a few words about uh, what they're up to individually. Uh, but Kathy Wang, CISO, very good security. Bennett Hendricks, the third SOC analyst, CyberClan, and Amina Agarwal, security analyst at Workday. Thank you all for being part of this. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on and for you to take the time to open up and share your experiences uh, hands-on in the SOC. So thank you all. Thank, thank you. you for having us, Sean. And, and uh, Kathy, I'm, I'm going to lead off with you. Maybe just a quick, quick few words about uh, your role and uh, your, your view of the importance of the SOC analyst, and then we'll make a round. Yeah, I mean, I've been in security for a very long time, 20-plus um, years now. But my very first security job was as a SOC analyst. Right? So that's how I'm connected to this. Um, you cannot really underscore the importance of security operations work because we have seen so much data out there already that shows that the longer it takes a company to respond to a security incident or potentially a security breach, the more the risk of revenue loss, right? So that data is already out there. So from a business perspective, even, um, it's very, very important to have a SOC that is operating correctly and working to reduce the risk footprint. Love it. And I'm going to go to uh, Amina next. Thanks, Sean. Um, thanks, Marco. It's really nice to see you all and excited to talk about a day in the life of SOC here. Um, I work with Workday as a senior security analyst, and my journey was very unconventional as compared to might be some thought out journeys. I never had ever thought that I will be a SOC analyst before um, because I started as a banker after completing my engineering and marketing in business and administration, uh, where I thought that I, you know, this is not my cup of tea. I won't be able to, you know, grow uh, or enjoy this environment of banking. So I then uh, joined as a quality analyst in one of the IT companies. And from there, I, um, like, I moved on to more into information technology roles. That is like, 
project coordinator role in a digital marketing company where um, I was creating uh, presentations for the clients, like just pre-sale support and all of that. And then uh, gradually moved into the help desk role uh, where was I, I was supporting customers uh, with their router configurations and et cetera, and providing them help and support configuring those so at that point in time i was looking at my career path and i was thinking whether where do i fit well why am why i am moving so fast and um, hopping on different roles taking on dif different responsibilities and i thought maybe i enjoy a fast-paced environment which is challenging which is different every day is different for me i i maybe one day if i enjoy doing malware analysis the other day i enjoy doing incident response so i thought security uh, role is is the best fit for me and that is where i started digging into more of security jobs and security roles and that's uh, that's how i got into a position as a security analyst and from that i grew into a more hands-on uh, subject matter expert into security operations so uh, this is uh, all about my journey and um, yeah, my interests are right now uh, since uh, since pandemic. Uh, I'm enjoying to create some robots with my daughter at home. So just using some home-based material, circuits, etc. And um, yeah, so uh, really enjoying uh, being a security on analyst and learning from my team. Yeah. Love it. And a shout out to uh, Wesis uh, for connecting you to us for this and, and our good friend Lynn Dome over there and uh, another organization uh, we we value the work they do formerly known as uh, ICMCP now Cyversity uh, made the connection to us to Bennett Hendricks. Bennett thanks for uh, joining a few words uh, about what you're up to. Of course thanks for having me. Um, side note I'm actually the Texas chapter president so it kind of just worked out well because you know I have a good um, relationship, professional relationship with Larry and whatnot. However, so how you doing? My name is Ben Hendricks III. Uh, I am a stock analyst at CyberClan, as mentioned. Before joining CyberClan, I was a cybersecurity analyst at Pricewaterhouse. I'm sorry, PricewaterhouseCoopers. For those who may know the accounting firm, we, I'm sorry, they had a, a you know a, a, a devoted environment for cybersecurity specifically. So. I graduated college in 2018, and after graduating in December, I moved to San Antonio, Texas in January to start my career. Um, before joining PricewaterhouseCoopers, I also was an I'm sorry, information security intern at another Fortune 200 company. So there, I was able to also obtain my Security Plus certification. So I'll say all this to say, I've been in the field for about a good three years. Um, with experience aside from the educational aspect of it. And my passion is digital forensics, which I kind of jumped the gun with information, but I get back to that eventually. So that's my passion and why I am a stock analyst today as that was the next logical step. I'm gonna keep it right there because before we get into more of the, the general overview, I wanna get into your into your brain really quickly, not not too psychiatric or anything. I just want to know, you just started so fresh, right? Coming from college, and maybe Amina can give us her opinion on this too. It's like, 
as it stand, is is it this job what you thought it was going to be? So there's two, uh, there's two sides to that. I would say yes, it is in the aspect that you know I'm able to work with you know um, SIMs and EDRs or endpoint detection response to, uh, to, uh, tools simply, and I'm able to do investigations. I would say no because there's a high turnover with many SOC positions. You know, there's a it's, it's notorious for a high burnout because it's so much work and, you know, different clients, depending on which company you're working with, that is just exhausting, especially with the amount of false positives. So I would say, no, it's not what I expected, because fortunately for me, I didn't have the 24-hour rotating shift requirement that many other positions do, which actually was one of the reasons why I did not want to do a stock analyst position coming out of college, and I skipped over that to go straight into cybersecurity analyst roles. So. Yes, with the job duties, because I enjoyed this much more as it's more relevant towards the coursework and preparation that I had in self-study. No, because of the culture that, the, the positive and reassuring culture that comes with my company or the company I work with. And we're definitely going to dig into that. But before we do that, Amina, what's your take on that? Are you, are you doing what you were dreaming to do? Um, yeah, so I would certainly say both yes and no as Bennett had mentioned that uh, I had always thought a SOC analyst position would be monitoring uh, monitoring the logs through IDSM and various tools that we have um, uh, at our hands or uh, that are provided to us um, and I think it has grown more like I, I would say no because the SOC analyst position itself, it has a lot more to do now. Uh, it is not just monitoring, detecting, and responding to the alerts. It is also being a subject matter expert or a security advisor to different teams. And that's what was something which was different to what I thought it would be. And um, just adding to what Bennett had mentioned in regards to uh, burnout and having to do lots of alerts, I think that's the day-to-day that's -day tasks. And when, once we are into a position, with, which is a SOC analyst position, we are always flooded with these type of alerts, which is a sort of a BAU work. But then how do we manage this stress how do we how do we make sure that the workload that we are given is balanced comes up to the team comes up to the you know how do we actually take it and give it back so um uh, i would say yes and no um, absolutely because i think it has changed for better and i'm really enjoying what i'm doing right now always yes and, and no sean well, it's always yes and no. <laughs> um, and, and Kathy, I, I want to get your perspective on this as well, because a um, little known fact, maybe I built a SIM a couple decades ago and it was one of the first SIMs in the market. Before that, it was just, how do you collect a bunch of log data? And it was never enough data, never the right data. And now there's just a ton of data. And I, I really feel for the analysts <laughs> so trying to make sense of all this and, and make quick decisions to reduce the MTTX time. So my, my question to you is how, how has this changed since your role as an analyst to now 
as a CISO, presumably looking over that program in relation to the rest of the work you have going as, as a CISO? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And I'd like to maybe take one step back before that and address some of the comments that Bennett and Amina have both mentioned. So right now we have a shortage of security professionals, right? There's less people out there than demand for the job. And it's very, very hard to hire security people right now. So given that shortage, we have roles that are a little bit more entry level, perhaps like SOC analyst type roles, where people could step in, get really good at that, and then move on to maybe security engineering or architecture type roles or, or research or some other area. And, and I think a lot of people do strive to do that. Um, so here's what my recommendation is for, for that. Whenever you're, you know, on call, if you're on call rotation, um, you should be thinking about how you can script and automate your way out of getting more on call, right? So whatever it is that you can build capabilities wise to allow for better scaling and automation in that security operations capability, that's what's going to help you build the skill set to move more into a security engineering and architecture type of role. So we have a lot of people who want to break in to security, but we also have a lot of demand for hiring senior security engineers. So I see this as a good way for people to kind of really take that path. Um, and back to what you were asking me, Sean, data fatigue is very, very real, right? We just have so much signal coming in from all these sources, especially if you're a cloud native company that also relies on other third-party SaaS infrastructure, you have so much data coming in, sometimes data from sources that your company or your org doesn't even manage or control, right? So how do you correlate all of that and how do you respond to potential incidents that are related to any of those technologies or tech stack so what you do is you build more automation right so our sim technologies have steadily evolved over the years from you know 20 years ago when i started looking at this to what it is today to become more of an extended automation, orchestration kind of, you know, capability. So we're no longer just writing alerts and rules and then responding manually to that. The more cutting edge organizations are actually automating the alerting and even remediation process that's needed to handle the particular incident. And that's where everybody needs to go. And we have more and more tooling coming out in that market segment, but it's still pretty nascent. Let's keep it there in the in the role of technology. As I mentioned at the beginning, we did have a podcast just about that. And one of the points was how technology can help to train much faster, maybe the people that come fresh into into the sock. But also the big question was how much of that is maybe helping to perform better from a business perspective and from your role, but how much is it actually helping to make 
the day-to-day -day life in the SOC easier or does it make things more complicated? So, I mean, I would love your perspective on this. Yeah, thanks for that question, uh, Marco. As I was thinking about technology and how it is, how it has evolved from when I started as a SOC analyst to now, uh, I can see that evolution i can see that innovation happening and i'm saying that because when we had technologies like sim now we have technologies like security orchestration and automation tools that are evolving those sim tools to do better and make our jobs easier so i think uh, as a SOC analyst uh, we quickly adapt to new technologies. And why do we do that? Because we have so many tools to work on and uh, it, be it becomes easier to adapt to these new technologies. And then I think there is no technology that is too complex to work on. Um, and adding to that, I would say that uh, technology has made definitely works and lives of SOC analysts easier, where now we can use a single tool to, you know, uh, detect, monitor, detect, and then respond to the alerts, and then autom automate those false positive alerts, those repetitive, um, you know, noise that we were getting to automatically close out instead of jumping in and triaging those uh, repetitive tasks. So, um, yeah, I think. Um, that is how it has evolved and it, it's it's in a better way that it has evolved um yeah thanks for that amina and, and ben and i want to take this to you and maybe twist it just a little bit and still in the mindset of innovation but less less focus on the technology more about a mindset of maybe how to do things differently and and perhaps better uh, with collaboration with others in the team. So not just the technology, but how do you change your processes uh, to work differently? Uh, do you collaborate, have team meetings, what, whatever it is? How do you use the technology to your advantage, but innovate beyond that to, to uh, get more done and, and stay healthy at the same time? Right. So I think it all depends on one how the analyst works themselves. You know, some people prefer to just dive in. We have a couple of people on our team who just dive straight into all the data and just drill through it, while someone else who may not be as comfortable with it or maybe more, um, you know, just a great and a grand scheme of things may also try to nitpick what is important and what's not important. So that's where the team aspect comes into play because one person's weakness may be another person's strong suit. So with the SOAR tools that they were referring to earlier, you know, uh, somebody who may not have experience with it would go into those STEM uh, tools and do the exact same duties or the exact same procedures that those SOAR tools just automated. So now you're just wasting time. And, you know, they may not know that until they reach out to someone else who knew, like, hey, you scan this IP on this OSINT tool, um, it's, it's, it's not even malicious, it's benign easily. So, you know, you can save time this way and then take other teammates to help upbring. And, of course, once you get more experience with all the tools and just with the process and you will determine which best way there it is to, which best 
I'm sorry, which best process would it take? So, for example, you know, there may be an instance where an incident pop up where you may not know, you know, which way to go about it. So, as a novice um, analyst, you may look at every aspect, think of every angle that a threat actor may try to take, which can help. But then it also means you waste time on certain things, which still helps only because you now know what to look for when you continue to look. Um, I don't want to go over into it, just, you know, giving different examples, but I've seen this because I'm actually kind of one of those uh, people who like to think above and beyond. I have five theories, and when one doesn't work, I go to the next one. And then one doesn't work, okay, I tailor it to it, you know, the next um, artifact that I see that would either support or reject my hypothesis. So. And it, it, this seems fairly fluid is not right not the right word but sometimes you need to spend the time to dig in sometimes you don't have the time you just need to move quickly which to me makes it difficult to understand what is success is success taking the time and diving in or is success moving through all the the incidents quickly and i don't know uh, maybe kathy you're shaking your head any thoughts on that what how, how do you know when an analyst is doing a good job wasting time uh doesn't have the skills they need yet maybe they need some more training it, it seems very complicated to me yeah i mean there's a lot of ways to measure success that i've seen work well in my career um one way, because of the business need of security operations, is to take a look at maybe SLAs for how long it takes to handle and, and complete a whole incident response process. Um, that includes like the investigation, um, the closing out, the understanding of what went wrong and, and what could go better next time. Um, how long does that whole process take? And then over time, if you start developing more scalable or more automated processes and capabilities, you should see that SLA go down, right? That's how you measure some of that success. Another factor um, as a hiring manager, I can say there is a high turnover in security field right now. And so how do you retain talent and how do you keep good people right I, I think sometimes you want to make sure people don't burn out and leave but you also want to provide them opportunities for career growth and so if you look at it that way what is your turnover rate every quarter maybe once a year you take a look at that but also providing them opportunities like okay um if there's a research capability or the ability to go speak at conferences or, or other events because of some really cool research you did because of a gap that you've identified while doing the work around IR or log analysis or looking at you know vulnerability management. Those are all pillars of SecOps, right? So when you're doing that, it's a great opportunity to say, hey, this could work better for us if we could do it this way. And then that way, the person then has sort of a pathway to develop new research, new capabilities, speak on that, um, have career progression. So that's another way to measure success. 
That's a really good point. And I like from now until the end to, to stay focused on the reason why we are here today, which is the SOC Analyst Appreciation Day. So let's let's do that. And let's start with, with you, Kathy, because you're the one that not only you started in this industry, but now you kind of overview what's happening there. So anything that you have experienced that works more than other things, and I'm not talking about technology or measuring success, I'm talking about keeping people happy, motivated, inspired, and in, in good mental health so that you don't actually lose <laughs> the people that are in the sock, because that's really yeah. important for the business too. So uh, your opinion on that, and then maybe we'll turn it to the people that are actually in the, in the sock and we hear their opinion. So go with that. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up, Marco. Um, one of my biggest jobs as a CISO is to, you know, keep my team happy, right? And, and make sure people feel fulfilled in their job. Um, when you look at it, the old paradigm of having stock analysts in different tiers, I've actually never been a fan of that because I feel like that pigeonholes people a little bit too much. It doesn't give them a lot of opportunity to try different things and to move around. So what I try to do is I try to hire people who are a little bit more security engineer minded and would like to get to the point where they can maybe do research, uh, develop new capabilities, address new gap areas. But I do understand that people start out in entry levels as more junior. So building that kind of organization where SecOps is, is more of an engineering function and having senior people who can then mentor and um, you know help junior people develop in their careers, I think that's worked really, really well in, in many ways. And it also gives people the flexibility to try new things, which I think is paramount to happiness. Sounds, sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> that, that way I can continue to be underworked uh, and overappreciated. I like it. I like it. Bennett, I, I want to I go to you at the same question and your, your perspective on what, what keeps you happy, keeps you in the role. Are there things your teammates do, your managers do, uh, your executive leadership does, perhaps even... Uh, the, the, the execs themselves, do they even spend any time in, in the SOC and say, we recognize the value the SOC brings to the business, not just not just protecting revenue, but perhaps even uh, helping grow revenue? Um, wh what do you look for in your role to stay happy and, and feel appreciated? Well, aside from the workload itself, you know, cause you're always going to get busy at, you know, regardless of whatever job you have, there's instances where you may feel overwhelmed. So, you know, incentive is always a great um, way to relieve that stress. And so to answer your question, yes, CyberClan actually does mention, you know, or shout us out regarding the type of clients or revenue or just a good job that we've done just because it's a pretty part of, you know, what we do nonetheless. Um, but I would say, I personally like recognition. You know, a lot of people would like to feel that the work that they're doing matters, right? And so even if um, you were to have a SOC analyst of the month each year, uh, each month, you know, someone different, having a gift card or some type of incentive, you know, maybe four hours um, that you, you know, get off early 
or, you know, something like some type of incentive that's not, that's going to keep the internal competition friendly, but, you know, keep them devoted because we do something where we have monthly reports and simply to say, you know, we get some, you know, a couple hours off early whenever we choose to, you know, whichever day we want for that month. That's nice. Um, even on my birthday, you know, my manager reached out with a uh, gift card, you know, for like lunch on us, $25. I was grateful because I didn't expect that because not every company does that. So stuff like that helps the analysts feel appreciated and make coming to work not feel like coming to work, especially if they like the job duties they're doing themselves. And um, me personally, I work with uh, Securonics a lot, and that's something that I really enjoy to do. So being able to have people refer to me for a certain Securonics tasks and leverage my strength is something that I value in addition to all that because it brings that recognition that would prevent a burnout in my, if you ask me. So. Great examples, Bennett. I appreciate that. And Amina, same, same to you. What, uh, I presume there's some overlap there, but maybe you have some different experiences as well that you'd like to, to highlight or reinforce. Um, sure. Good question, Sean. Uh, so I would like to shape a little bit, uh, that question where you said that how the leadership, you know, um, gets involved to make sure that you're getting what you want. So I would say how, what, what keeps me motivated to do, to become better and better at my job. So that would be a factor of success for the leadership team to also, you know, know that they are doing a great job. So what keeps me motivated to do my job better is there are a couple of things that help me out to do my job better, which is first is recognition for, for sure. Even, um, even if there is a small gap that I have identified and improvised on a process, being recognized for that uh, would be really helpful um, to continue doing it. Then secondly, I would say being heard having those doors open uh, for getting that feedback and then actually acting upon it would be the second factor for me to be motivated. And then the third factor for me to remain motivated and to be successful would be giving me or providing me resources so that I can grow in that role. I can go, I can grow to and achieve the next steps in my career. As Kathy had mentioned that we do require mentors. We do require people who are higher up in the hierarchy. And we do require that openness where there are no tier system. There is no hierarchical system where we need to get approvals from, you know, higher ups. We, we are open to get feedbacks. We are open to provide suggestions and work on them. At the same time, uh, I would say that, um, that, working on projects, working on the things that I enjoy the most would be the last and the very important point uh, in order to pursue my passion within the cybersecurity field. Nice one. And, and Kathy, I want a, a quick thought from you on this because Amina touched on something that I feel is important. I've heard many times over the years, and that's giving the analysts some space to be creative on their own. Uh, I mean, it touched on finding a way to do something differently. Uh, 
uh, with or without technology. But that presumably took away from some other tasks that that's MBO'd, let's say, right? So how, how important is it is it to give space to the analyst to do something that may not be directly related to a task that's on their MBOs? Maybe this is on the MBOs as well. That could perhaps revolutionize or change a process uh, in the SOC. Yeah, so I think the first thing to consider is that at you know many companies, I've heard about things like no meeting Fridays. So when you have that, um, for example, that gives people an opportunity not to have their day fill up with meetings, but rather they can get a bit more done, right? And that might be a good time to also do additional research or figure out what else can be done to address the current gaps in the environment. So that's one method. Another one is to, I mentioned earlier, whenever you're on call, focus on automating yourself out of that. Right. So what can we build now that will auto remediate alerts that pop up in the future so that we don't have to go on call and deal with it manually? Uh, that will help us scale and that will also uh, give us much better capabilities. And that's part of research and, and engineering type work as well, which will give people um, progression opportunities. So. That's another idea. The third thing that I've done in the past is do rotations. So if I have a security research team and I also have a SecOps team, then researchers should be researching applied research, right? Not the theoretical stuff that, I mean, we're not a university, so we don't want to just do theoretical research, but we want that research to be applicable, right? So but it's hard to do applied research if you don't know what the problems are at hand today. And so I've done rotation programs before where security researchers will try out SecOps for some time, maybe a quarter, right? And then security operations people will also get to rotate and try doing some new research that's based on the gaps that they've seen already. So this type of program is very successful as well in keeping people interested and engaged. Yep, I feel like we really did a good script to prepare for this because, <laughs> Kathy, you really always led me the way. And I'm just being ironic as we didn't script anything. Uh, but uh, I want to take this last five minutes circa that we have to look uh, very quickly into the future and what the future could be, especially not much for technology, which we know is gonna keep evolving, but how much of the future involve humanity in this very technical job. So Amina, your last word and about this topic, kind of like a, a hope for the future. And then Bennett, please. Yeah, thanks, um, Marco, for the question. I absolutely love this question when I think of a SOC analyst um, evolving as compared to technology that we say is evolving. So how do we want a SOC analyst to be innovative and evolving in future? Um, I absolutely think that it we can evolve as a subject matter expert. I, I want to see SOC analyst um, today and in the modern SOC to be a security advisor, to be the one uh, who could 
advice on different tools or probably one or the other expert expertise on a on a certain tool and share it with different teams um or maybe a very specialized posi- position wherein you know they provide specialist specialized guidance to the other teams uh, which makes uh, which makes it easier for the other teams to you know get their work done in this from the security operations center because there are so many teams that we work or collaborate with in uh, within the security operations uh, domain which is which could be like detection engineering which could be like threat hunting which could be like incident response and so on so forth so i think uh, i see a security operations analyst to be involving as a security advisor wherein they can provide and we can provide input our specialist guidance on a certain tool or a uh, or a, a specific domain within the security field love it love, love it. it speaking my language there i mean <laughs> <laughs> of course bennett how about you anything to add to that um, yes, yeah, so I actually agree with Amina, of course, and that's mainly because as technology grows, there will always be a human need in security or technology, well, in both, in reality. You know, you can have the automation do the basics, but it only can do so much, at least as of right now, unless you have like a quantum computer, which goes else, uh, a different direction. But, you know, uh, nonetheless, you know, simple things or tasks such as, you know, looking up IPs or file hashes or other basic stuff that's can be automated will be just that. So it will then leave the work for the analyst to do to be work that requires a little bit more thought, a little bit more um, innovation and simply because while a machine may be able to do many different tasks and duties in a split second, it may not know exactly which direction. It just, it'll probably just brute force it to be simple um, with the uh, process and so definitely would say a subject matter expert or having preferences such as you know strengths for certain technologies or vendors or tools or whatever the case may be i think that will be the future of it as you know one of my teammates mainly works with this tool and my tool crosses over to theirs so I, I may need some email security used from avanon or whatnot then they know how to use it they know what to look for i don't have to learn it we work together and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a better and more efficient process. That's how I see the future in a couple words or minutes. Nice one. Nice one. And we we have hit our time mark here. And uh, Marco likes to make fun of me when I say there's the tech stack and the human stack. Um, it's not a joke. We have to remember the human side of the sock. And, and that's that's this team and everybody hopefully listening and many others who will be watching this on demand. And I want to quickly thank Devo for including us at ITSP Magazine. Marco and I are honored to be part of this uh, first annual SOC Analyst Appreciation Day. And I really want to thank Mina, Bennett, and Kathy for taking the time to share their story, their day in the life as a SOC analyst and a CISO. So thanks thank everybody for, uh, for watching today. I believe back to the show for some more Sock Analyst Appreciation Day goodness. Yeah, and let's make these every day, not just today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned something new and this story made you think, 
Then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.